You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. This episode will be talking about Brian Eno and David Byrne, My Life in the Bush of Ghosts. In the room I have Anne. Hello. And on the line I have Rob. Sup? Ben. Hello. John. America is waiting for a message of some sort or another. <laughs> and Jackson. Hola. My Life in the Bush of Ghosts is the studio album by Brian Eno and David Byrne, released in February 1981 on Sire Records. Uh, the producers were David Byrne, Brian Eno, and the genre is exper- experimental rock, avant funk, funk rock, world B, Afro rock, and sampledelia. So psychedelic, but sampled. Uh, I'm going to read from the book Bruno McDonald. Perm nerds Ario Speedwagon ruled the roost in na- February 1981, but while their high infidelity was number one, an album with no hits or arena-friendly choruses stole into Billboard's Top 50. Its inspiration was 1979 movies by Holger Zuke. But unless you're one of the few people who knows what that sounds like, think of Peter Gabriel's third album or Eno and Burns' Talking Heads. In fact, the album was planned as a forerunner to the latter remain in the light, but legal tangles caused it to be suspended and revamped. Tribal rhythms, funk, and electronic ambience are embellished with sampled singers, radio broadcasts, and evangelicals. The Jezebel Spirit showcases an exorcist. America is waiting, and Regiment are the closest things we get to rock as we know it. The rest is sinister, spooky, or just lovely. The original album's Koran was replaced on some later edition by the Jezebel single B-side Very, Very Hungry to fend off Islamic objections. But Bush of Ghosts remains testament both to Burn and Eno's foresight and how extraordinarily attractive music can be when it breaks all the rules. All right, what do we think of Brian Eno and David Burns' My Life in the Bush of Ghosts? It's amazing. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah, the whole Grazuke thing, really, I was very surprised how much like it, this was reminiscent of that record. Um, but yeah, th- I mean... Yeah, shit. It's Brian Eno doing a and David Byrne doing a really cool thing. I was wondering, just a side tangent, is the bush of ghosts that same bush that uh, David Byrne got dragged into when they got mugged? <laughs> That's the, it's the one and the same. What? No. It, it well, is of all the previous the title mugging is, victims. They took the title from a really famous collection of short stories uh, by an African like author. Amos Tuatola. And so that had been famous since the 50s and did not read it. And we're like, this is what 
we feel like we're doing, so we're gonna take the name of this, <laughs> which is rough. <laughs> like, uh, there's a lot of bullshit on this album, like that sentiment of like, oh well, I'm white and I can do what I want, but by the same token, like it led to you know Luca Bop and and producing and and supporting you know Brazilian and African and you know sounds that don't necessarily make it to a American and European market all that often, so. Yeah, it's it's That's hard David to Burns label that he started in 1988, right? Yes, yeah. It's I mean, but it's hard to balance that because you, you've got this where it's like, oh, I see a book by a Nigerian author with an exotic title, and I think it sounds great, so I'm just going to take it and make it the title of my album, even though I have no idea what the book is about, which is kind of about the horrors of colonialism and has a lot of stories in it that are based off of like Yoruba folklore. Uh, about like going out into the wilderness, the bush where, you know, the, the spirits and the ghosts live, you know, that's, that's what it's about. And I'll just make that the title of my album where I steal and, and not steal, but take samples of songs from people that don't necessarily get credit or paid and put them over legitimately amazingly funky beats. (laughs) Like the music is great, but you know, did, did Dunya Yunus get any money off this? Probably not. You I know, mean, yeah, they did. They did try hard to make sure they had the rights for everything they sampled. Yeah, to, which is to why the point this was where, delayed. Yeah, yeah. Like a so year. So that I do appreciate. You know, they they paid the licensing fee or whatever. At but. least a year delay from it, right? And mm-hmm. I think that my favorite thing that I read about that was this guy named Jono Podmoro who performs as Kumo. He said he, that they were selling American culture back to itself as exotica. And I feel like a lot of what we hear on the album, especially like the Exorcist track, like the Jezebel Spirit, is specifically American voices, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, it's, so in some ways it's exoticizing stuff that is actually, you know, like evangelical charismatic Christians are pretty distinctly American, right? Like, so I don't know. But yeah, it's also read the book if you're going to use the title at least, please, <laughs> like if you could, right? It's complicated. I mean, I love the way it sounds. Yeah, I think music-wise, this is like a like conceptually-wise and performance-wise and technique-wise and technology-wise, it's like really, really heavy. I, I mean, I think it's pretty high conceptual art, really. I, I really don't know what else to really call it because it's it's world music. I mean... It, again, you get back into these issues that you just mentioned, but it is world music and it, you know, and it's, it's funk and it's like technologically advanced with what they're doing with samples. Um, It's kind of a masterful like combination of analog and digital, right? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, What are they sampling with? What, what, what are they, what are they using on this? Cause I couldn't find that on the, uh, it's, it's recording research. Yeah. Or or what type of sampler do they have? Yeah, but like, is he still tape looping this stuff, or is yep. it like tape loops? Is he using it's tape loops? That's the analog part. Yeah, just yeah, think, yeah. Mountains and yeah. mountains of analog tape loops. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so and, that, that, that's the whole Grizuke uh, way, man. Yeah, it, it's crazy what they're doing with this stuff. I I I, I will not deny that. Um, but yeah, this this Eno took me longer to get into than the previous ones. Like the the. the and it's weird because like as much as I love Remain in Light and there's a lot of similarities between the two just with like the uh the Afrobeat like 
stuff and just the, the funky ass nature of it. Like this just, it took a minute, man. Like it, it it's not, it's not easy. Like listening. Really? It's not, it's not popular music. I yeah. mean, it's not, I don't think it's supposed to be. I got right yeah. into it. Yeah. There's, yeah. No hesitation, but I do bop, uh, like Moby massive attack thievery corporation. And I'm really into that kind of splicing of, uh, pre-existing like vocalizations into like funk and in sort of trance and, and, and different, uh, you know, creating those beats. So maybe that just guided me in, but I hadn't heard this before. Um, so good. And I, like, I, I look, I love Brian Eno, right? So, and I constantly listen to Eno. And I got into it pretty easily, but it is very, it's like very different. Like there's definitely, it's a hybrid thing. And I think also it's like, especially the sampled vocal stuff is very, it's like so been done since this that it's ubiquitous, but it also Mm. feels fresh still in certain ways. So it's like really interesting to grapple with it. Like for me as a listener anyway. Like, and I like, I think I gravitated more towards the ones that were either a language I don't speak, right? So some of the stuff like that they sampled from all those religious ones that aren't in English. And then like also where they like sped it up a lot or slowed it down. Like I think, I'm trying to remember what track that was. Like those were easier to listen to because I got kind of distracted by the ones that just felt like a art punk happens a lot of times thing like. You know, like America is waiting is still fresh in some ways, but it's also something that I've heard a lot of. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that kind of like, isn't this ironic what all these people are saying on television? Like we are very exposed to that in a way that probably was not the same in the 80s. Right. Totally. Um, and the reason yeah. like people were all mad about the exorcism track because it wasn't taken seriously. And like in our context, that's ridiculous. Like it's a commentary on evangelical charismatic Christianity, right? But like that's not a commentary that was as accepted back then, right? Right. not any lyrics on here done by burn i mean it's it's all samples right there's not there's no there's no hooks there's no choruses it's just the sampled artist and the the track the tape loops and the funk and And the the funk funk. yeah Yeah. i mean and like uh the bass by michael busta cherry jones on uh, regiment is fucking amazing i mean he he kills it so i mean the the tracks are the tracks are funky, you know, you can't, you can't get away from that, that they are amazing tracks. And like all this sampling and the way that they're arranging the samples, like led to artists, like the in-house production team for public enemy bomb squad. They're like, Oh yeah, no, you know, my life in the bush of ghosts is a big, 
sort of set stepping off point to see, okay, well, here's how you can do some tape loop samples and here's how you can make yeah. the sample, the instrument itself, you know? Mm. So it's that's a, kind of a gold mine for that for a lot yeah. of people, I think. Right. Yeah. The collage of music in this is just, it's like melding the cultures, all these different elements together, different cultures, different ideas. Um, I mean, I'm a big film guy, obviously, and this, it kind of reminded me of things like the Koyana Scotsi trilogy, you know, where you're just all these different elements are, are coming together and it's trying to, without someone even, you know, saying a word, it's, it's trying to show these different elements. Um, well, like experiencing them in conjunction kind of helps you see them differently. Yeah. Cause thinking about the sort of traditional Muslim singing, in conjunction with all this like American evangelism is like really interesting. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it's complicated to think about what it means that you take that and like what it means, but like just having them in juxtaposition is like a over funky beats. Yeah. Over funky (laughs) beats. It lets it it, like jars it from original context and lets you see everything in a new light and maybe see these things together in a different way. Right. So if I'm to understand the, uh, the charismatic evangelical uh, exorcism, they're like, yeah, go for it. Use it. No. So they tried to sample this very famous evangelist and she's like, nah. Um, So they took some other guys. Um, I can't remember her name, but that's why I sort of read about that. And I think that I also read about that in the, like in connection with the fact that that was the track on this album that made everyone mad, which is hilarious (laughs) in a lot of ways when you consider like the borrowing they're doing from other stuff. And the Quran track, like, also did, right? They took yeah, it off. They, they got yeah. taken down, um, yeah. Yeah, they, uh, I guess not committing blasphemy is important. Yeah. I, I suppose. Well, not as... I mean, the, this, this, this predates the satanic verses, so it wasn't as if there was already a fatwa on, like, uh, you know, Salman Rushdie or anything, but like, I guess... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, maybe a few... <laughs> Don't understand how to handle something sacred to other cultures. You should let it be, <laughs> right? But yeah, I don't know. Seems like the Islamic Council of Great Britain asked nicely. Yeah. And David Byrne and Brian, you know, were like, yeah, okay. Yeah, so yeah. That's, yeah. that seems reasonable. And even like the reissue that happened, that I, like I haven't heard the Korean check. I meant to yeah, they, they've No, neither have I. They, yeah. haven't, they haven't put it back out since the original. Right, but and like with that think, thing, you know, they were a, just continuing to respect that. Like, so, you know, it's just complicated. Uh, Rob, I was kind of on the same boat as you first listen. I, or several first listens, I liked this album from a conceptual standpoint and from like a technological achievement standpoint more than I was bopping to it. Yeah. You know, and the more I listen to it, the, you know, the more I get into it. But it's like, I, I don't listen to... You know, uh, I don't know if it'd be trip hop or whatever sample Delia type of stuff very often. So maybe I'm just not primed for it. But I found the earlier Brian, you know, works easier to get into than this one. But I am enjoying this one. It's just it's it's dense. There's it's, it's very dense. It's dense. Yeah. How do you, deep. You, you really like that? How, how long did it take to you get into the Holger Zuke movies? I feel like you were right in on that, but maybe it was just the quirkiness of it. It was pretty I, quirky. I, I, yeah. And for me, I was, uh, I was directly in with the Holger Zuke stuff. And 
when this came on in my cans, my first thought was, oh shit, they're just doing Holger Zuke. Yeah. You know, but then like the, the butt shaking stuff came in and like, you know, I started, Mm -hmm. started to understand a little bit uh, more, but yeah, it it was, it was just very surprising because like, you know, even like, you know, Zuke actually, he was using like some of the uh, calling to prayer, like uh, things uh, on his, it it just, it is, it hits so close to the mark, but then reading up and, you know, are just straight up like saying, yeah, we were trying to go for the, like what uh, Holger was doing. Like it made, it made me less like, you know, get my my back went down you know yeah yeah well because you make a form that's important and other artists want to work within it right yeah like and i think that that's what the intention probably is you guys hear those cool frippertronics on regiment robert fripp baby yeah this is is a banger Mm -hmm. track i'm into it (laughs) like love the regiment for sure yeah regiment uh, regiment was my favorite track as of this week (laughs) nice nice yeah a really cool album art uh, that uh, artist is someone that we, we've talked about his albums a lot. This is Peter Seville. He did a lot of work for factory records. Mm. He did unknown pleasures. He did closer. He also did uh, uh, architecture and morality, which we covered in our last episode. So he's got a really cool style. Uh, and I think that his visual look works really well with the burning Eno. What he did for this one it's neat. He did like paper cutouts of like stylized human figure forms and pasted them to a TV monitor and then uh, and ran a a camera to the monitor and aimed the camera at the TV to get the video feedback. So these little things he has pasted to the TV are just kind of repeating at infinity for infinity. And it just got this kind of like visual distortion and feedback and, it's cool. And I think conceptually it works with what they were doing musically, you know? I love yeah. it. Absolutely. Yeah. A little bit of psychedelic, really. but also form. Right. Yeah. yeah. What is being human? How do we technologize it? Technology. Also kind of techie using the, the yeah. video loop instead of a tape loop. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Lord knows I have pointed a video camera at a TV with the TV <laughs> popped into the video camera to make the, uh, to open the portal of hell that is <laughs> what staring down that. Wait, what happens? Uh, it, it just, it, it's like two mirrors staring at each other. If you say bloody Mary, bloody Mary, I'm not going to say it the third time, but yeah, candy man. Uh, <laughs> don't do it. And no, don't. Yeah. Not tonight. Rob, maybe tomorrow. <laughs> Rob, I, I've done that before too. I'd never thought of pasting something to the TV screen uh. to have one physical thing in, in the middle of the feedback loop to be repeated. Mm. That's why I got Peter Seville. It's real right? right? Yeah. <laughs> now we're just, that's every Christmas card from here on out for all of us. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's uh, Santa doing? Seems weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some trippy Santa. I mean, I think this album should be seen as like, you know, a a piece of contemporary new music. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not, I know it's Brian Eno and, and it's David Byrne and David Byrne has more of a, you know, popular music background than Brian Eno probably does. Yeah. Because Brian Eno is innovating different things way before this, but, or at least for several years, I guess in the, in the scope of the 1,001 albums, it's probably not that long, but, um, <laughs> yeah. 
but yeah, this is this is I, this is this isn't like a an album that I don't think anybody's really made to bop to. Um, it does have boppable moments, mm-hmm. you know, which to be honest is kind of my least favorite part about it. I'm interested in hearing, you know, like the the field the the field recording samples and um and more of the you know what they kind of captured. Yeah, but I I like the I way know. the bops like pull you out of your contemplation yeah. in a certain way because like as somebody who listens primarily to like ambient eno like constantly, <laughs> it was interesting to like enter the same space with this album because it does it like jars you in a different way. Right. It's not so and and that that action of sort of pulling you into the music more than like those contemplative things do like was helpful to notice it more sometimes for me anyway. Totally. And it is pretty in line with like talking, you know, the talking heads records with Brian, Eno of this era, of, of course. course. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. need to learn about funk from a white band from Rhode Island. You know what I mean? (gasps) (laughs) I love talking heads. I love talking heads. I love Brian, you know, to me, that whole, like that whole sort of vibe of theirs, just always seemed a little contrived. I love those records. Don't get me wrong. But what really interests me here is, you know, sort of the more experimental aspect of it, I guess. Yeah, like stepping into the more interesting thing that David Byrne is good at, maybe. Yeah, yeah, totally. And and the and the world music aspect, you know, like mm-hmm. of course. So, I don't know. Yeah, the experimentation, the sampling, the technology, the you know, taking all that on, and then I mean, this is influential for so many different styles of yes. house music, from trance, from. Uh, Afrobeat, you know, like this, this really solidifies a lot of things as a jumping off point into these different bands. I mean, you know, the bands I mentioned before, uh, Tricky, Massive Attack, Portishead, you know, Aphex yes. Twin, Moby, Fatboy, Slim, all those things are just like entrenched in this mainly thievery corporation. I mean, thievery corporation is, yes, it's literally can see this. that more, uh, more Chiba. Portiva, yeah, but, deep forest, but yeah, a lot of those those bands take the this sort of cut up samples and then put their own you know grooves behind them, and it it has a it's very very reminiscent of this, and I don't know, there's something about this that is so alluring to me that I I love it, um, and I love it from those bands too. It's just a very vibe heavy. Um, but at the same time, wanting to experiment with other found sounds uh, around, you know, things that you just hear and you want to cut up and chop and screw and and kind of uh, put into you want to build songs around those different found sounds that you've that you've already heard. So totally great experiment experimentation and yeah, a real sort of art project, I guess. For sure. And I 
also want to say, just in in line with that, like the techniques and the technology were obviously like influential. Like you were just saying, I feel like they were in line with hip hop technology at the time because you mentioned you know, like the chopped and screwed aspect. Like, you know, I don't think that you know you know the earliest you know hip hip hop artists from the late seventies learned anything from this album. Like they they already figured a lot of this out. But it's just cool that it was like it's definitely kind of in line. So I mean, these, you know, I'm sure, I don't think anybody talks about the fact that they might have taken some cues from, you know, from from the from the DJs of oh yeah, like da- Grandmaster I mean, Flash and of course yeah, David Byrne was very into that. David scene. Byrne was in that world, yeah, yeah. George Clinton. So yeah. he was he was definitely looking to that world as the an evolution of you know like a building block upon, you know, music in general. I think he just kind of tended to go more war- world, uh, look to, uh, you know, Brazil and, and some other Africa and some other places for a lot of this. For sure. And you know, they weren't faking it. I mean, they're, you know, their interest in those musics. I mean, the, obviously, I mean, we know David Byrne wasn't, I feel like Brandy knows just. It's got a career's kind of just, worth of receipts. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I think this album is the total treasure. Yeah. I enjoyed it so much. Yeah. I loved and it. I think it's great. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why it's, why I never uh, dug into it before, but I guess it's just well, one it's, of those. It's, it's weird. It's not something you'd hear anywhere. Yeah. It's definitely worth a listen. People probably don't play this on the radio and it's not, <laughs> you know, a big recommend. Recommend. <laughs> Can we start just requesting it? <laughs> sure. I think, I think I know someone, a DJ who could play it. Probably DJ Brian Eno would. would oh, DJ Brian would, Eno would definitely play would this. Would put it on. <laughs> That's Anne's uh, DJ name. I was going to say, is that your alter ego? I want to have a show where I just play one one on WXOX, but apparently that's illegal. So I'm going to have to play like other Brian Eno songs. Yeah, I wish we could do that. It's okay. I'll figure something out, man. It's got to be. We can just, we can chop and screw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just different variations of one one. Yeah, it's an extended cut exclusively for you every week at the same time. (laughs) Uh, Is it chopped and screwed where we drink codeine cough syrup? Oh, yeah. And then, oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. Chopped and screwed is is out of Houston. Yeah. You're not wrong. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I was just using that as a, you know. Yeah. (laughs) As a term. Chopping and not screwing. uh Yeah, yeah. Maybe. But they do repeat, you know, it almost sounds like uh like like the CD is skipping, like the record is skipping, which is, you know, pretty right. instrumental to that type of music. Uh what do you think of it, John, Rob, Ben? I'm gonna give it a neutral. Um I mean, I, I like a lot of I mean there I should be a positive on this album because it has a lot of the things that I like in and of themselves, you know, like I like the sounds of, uh, you know, Lebanese pop singers. I like the sounds of the, uh, sea Island, Georgia singers, you know, uh, I like sampled music. I like funk, you know, I like the clean guitar sounds that you get out of like post Mbira band Congo. Like I, I, I like a lot of those sounds, but for some reason hearing it all the way, that it's put together here, it is very interesting to listen to. And in that there's an enjoyment, you know, like as, 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 as if you were like using it as a auditory experience, but I don't like it as an album. I don't like it as something I'm going to listen to again. 
So I can't give it a positive. Cool. I think I'm going to go positive. I think, uh, I think that, I think that this album will continue to grow on me. It, it is really dense. And honestly, I, I, I only got two listens in this week and, you know, generally I don't like to, the talk at length about anything without a third listen, because so often my (laughs) opinion has changed after the third listen, like with yes and steely Dan and (laughs) other stuff that I thought I didn't like. And then just listen to Stockholm syndrome. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But at at no point did I think I didn't like this. In fact, uh, giving its pedigree of David Byrne and Brian Eno, I, I went into it fully expecting to like it. And, I think that I will. I, I think that I just need more time to absorb it, you know? Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and forecast a, a positive for myself. Yeah. Ultimately I'll go, I'll go positive on it. Like it, it's not going to be a thing that I'm going to go back and, you know, plumb the depths of it really. Um, but uh, it's important on multiple levels and it is like, it's very well done and it, there's not there, there's no there's nothing offensive about it to my to my ear holes it just it's dense it's dense i wish we were getting cool in the pool a little bit um but you know that that's still just the holger zuke uh aspect that i you know i miss a little bit but i mean it's it, it, you can shake your buns to it and it's important so positive cool yeah i'm positive as well so, uh, great. Yeah, I'm. I'm curious. I know we have zero time to for you guys to listen to other things, but I would be really curious what you guys think of um, like richest man in Babylon, the Thievery Corporation stuff, like richest man in Babylon and Cosmic. Uh, I can't remember what that one's called. There's one called Cosmic, but very very similar. Like, it's a little more down tempo and a little more pop sensible, but just. Very, very inspired by this. You tell me we're not getting Thievery Corporation in this book. <laughs> Actually, I think we do. You, yeah, there you go. You're you know have to what? Force we everyone are going to listen, listen to, it. to it. I think I did see that in here. When's it? You just how many got years from now? Three hundred. Yeah, it's like twenty. Are we going to Two thousand six or eight or whatever. All right. Next time we'll be talking about Black Flag Damage. All right. Thanks, y'all. Thank you.